1: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Self-Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Taylor Tomlinson. And today we're going to be talking about codependency, which is a helpster recommended topic. Yeah, actually a lot of helpsters have wanted us to discuss this, so we heard you loud and clear and here we are today
0: also we have 422 patrons out of 500
1: you guys
0: oh once we get to 500 we're doing that live stream q a exclusively for our patrons on patreon we are so close thank you guys for being so awesome on there yeah it's really i mean patreon is just it's an experience it's like the (laughs) it's like the post-show show show, where we talk about how we feel about the show show. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's (laughs) Yeah, if you want to join, please go to patreon.com slash self-helpless. It's it's a great five bucks a month. We're telling you. Also, we've got our 2020 tour coming up. We're going to the top five U.S. cities with the most helpsters. So make sure you spread the word to your helpster community. Tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell a family member. We're going to come to you. We're very excited for that tour. Yeah,
0: we'll Mm -hmm. announce uh, who's who's in the running next episode when yes. we have a little bit more data yes yes
1: <laughs> all right shall we get into it yeah yes, we have a please. quotable this is a
2: very instagram quote yeah uh never put the key to your happiness in someone else's pocket
1: Ooh. boom Ooh. so true
2: is yeah. that is that my happiness in your pocket or are you just happy to see me
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the dumbest thing i've ever said
2: oh hey. my god i'm so sad I okay enjoyed so <laughs> <it>. <laughs> i love dick jokes so much um so that ties in pretty perfectly to codependency (laughs) Uh, it really does uh so let's define codependency and again this i think we've all talked about this amongst ourselves but codependency is a tough one i've read a lot about it and like I've even read uh, you know things therapists have written where they're just like this is hard to define it's like a word I don't even like to use like mm. I think uh, you know some people are very codependent and then some people uh like myself i think have elements of codependency mm. but you know again so if you're if you're hearing this and you're identifying with like parts of it but not all of it and you're like am i codependent like it, you don't need to label yourself or anything or so
0: maybe this will just kind of like help anybody who might feel like they have some of those tendencies because yes. i'm very unclear i've heard so many mixed things about what codependency is and yeah. so i'm
2: really looking forward to learning about this topic let's get into it yeah. all right codependency is a learned behavior that evolves from watching and imitating other family members display this behavioral pattern. It affects an individual's ability to have healthy, mutually satisfying relationships that can be passed down from one generation to another. It's also known as relationship addiction because people with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided, emotionally destructive, and or abusive. Uh, this, this disorder was first identified about 10 years ago as the result of studying interpersonal relationships in families of alcoholics. Okay, so six questions to help you determine if your relationship involves codependency. One, does your sense of purpose involve making extreme sacrifices to satisfy your partner's needs? Hmm. Huh. I feel like that in relationships. I feel okay. like, you know, if, I'm, if I love this person, I will do anything for them, which is very unhealthy. You could argue, mm-hmm. but it's that romantic idea of like, well, of course you would, you know. Yeah, I would right. do a
0: lot, but I definitely would draw the line somewhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. you you've told me like you and Cam are like, yeah, we don't ask each other to drive us to the airport. Oh
1: yeah, which like, oh, yeah, we both hate going to the yeah. airport. You're almost the opposite of codependent. Yeah, yeah, I feel like <laughs> I might not swing at all.
0: too independent, which is also yeah. an issue. I think if you're too independent within the relationship, then somebody might feel like you're putting up a wall and like you don't even need them at all, right. right? And it's like, well, I might technically not need you, but i want you yes is that helpful i don't know so yeah this is interesting
2: yeah and then two is it difficult to say no when your partner makes demands on your time and energy Mm. okay um three do you cover your partner's problems uh with drugs alcohol or the law like do you make excuses for your partner who may be you know having some serious issues. Yeah. Um do for do you constantly worry about others opinions of you? Uh, well, I mean, we're all artists. That seems
1: like that question kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't we all care? Yeah. I would
2: feel more like are you constantly worried about your your partners? partner's opinion Yeah, that's more of what mm. I have understood about it. It's yeah. like you're always afraid that your partner isn't happy or is going to leave or something like that Mm. um five do you feel trapped in your relationship six do you keep quiet to avoid arguments so this is interesting because i think i think you can be this is just my opinion if ever you know don't send a bunch of hate mail for this episode if you're like taylor doesn't know what she's talking about you're right i do not (laughs) Um, but as i as i understand it uh it seems like you can be codependent or behave in a codependent way within your relationship even when you're not with somebody who needs to be taken care of, you know, because yeah. I, the way I've always understood codependency is like, okay, that means you're going to be drawn to damaged people and just do whatever you can. Cause you feel like that's another thing I've read about. And uh, you know, we're going to talk about is like, if you're in one of those relationships where it's, it's lopsided and the other person is like taking a lot and you're becoming like the martyr, that's I think that's like the most extreme case of codependency okay. when you're going like yeah they drink yeah they hit me but like it's fine I'm gonna fix them I'm gonna help them like mm-hmm. I can fix it it's all about me like all the putting it all on yourself basically oh, and then like okay. when you're not happy not feeling like you can say anything because you know you don't want to so like I'm kind of the like boat. The boat.
0: taking on the responsibility of the whole relationship is on one person like that kind of feeling or it's like everybody's happiness in this relationship depends
2: on me and my actions kind of thing um, i think it's or... just one person's approach to it and okay. then if they're with somebody who is comfortable with them doing that then that other person can start to make demands mm. on the codependent person mm-hmm. oh yeah this is how i'm understanding it. it's like oh i you know i have a drug problem but my partner keeps going like it's okay we can fix it's okay it's okay it's okay as opposed to like hey like this is a serious problem and like if this oh, okay. doesn't change right we Make gotta figure this out is, is it kind of like enabling a, it seems like enabling or, okay. to me. it seems Even like if it's very unhealthy. close okay yeah to that yeah and um it, you know it, a way that codependency might relate to you delaney is like the way you've talked about um how you had to get better at like just saying no to people because you would like do anything for your friends and you're like oh it's a serious drain on my time and energy but i feel like i have to when people ask me right that could be considered sort of like codependent behavior not that you are codependent right but i I think it's it's important again not to get like sucked in and be like i'm codependent like uh, totally that makes sense but just like there are certain situations where you can't i don't think codependency is like a diagnosis i think it's a behavior depending mm. on what kind of relationship situation you're in yeah, so like that makes a lot you sense. in relationships delaney are very like if this isn't it i'm gone right but in friendships yeah it seems like you've historically been more like okay i don't really want to do this but i am going to because yeah. they're my friend and that's what i do you know yeah that kind yeah of thing. totally
0: they are my friend i have stated the fact yeah. yes yeah. but then yeah. in relationship <laughs>
2: in romantic relationships people can go like Okay, I am not happy, and I don't want to do that. But they are my partner, so you know. Mm. But it's hard because there's 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 some gray area there because there are things in a committed relationship where you know there are boundaries that you know you guys are going to have to talk about. And if one of you is like, "I'm really, really uncomfortable with that," the other person might have to compromise. Right. But there's a difference between compromising and sacrificing Mm. to a point Um, where you're like. Yeah, I'll do whatever you want because I don't want you to be sad, you know, that kind of thing. Almost like your, yeah, my needs no longer matter at all. Like that kind of thing. Well, yeah. Right.
0: Okay. All right, yeah. I think I get it. Yeah. Should we talk about the uh, the stages? Yes. The development of codependency can be split into four stages. Stage one, growing up in a dysfunctional family can lead to codependency. A dysfunctional family is one in which members suffer from fear, anger, pain, or shame that is ignored or denied. Isn't that every family? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> um, what? Sure. <laughs> um, underlying problems may include any of the following. A family member's addiction to drugs, alcohol, relationships, work, food, sex, or gambling physical, emotional or sexual abuse, the presence of a family member suffering from a chronic mental or physical illness. Mm. Okay, yeah, that I mean that's just I think every family's got issues, but maybe it's about how they handle the issues, mm-hmm. right? If it's well, not being talked about versus if it is, if people are getting help versus if they're not. Well,
1: and there's okay. like varying degrees of totally. severity in these things. I've talked about like growing up in my house versus when i met kane and heard about what it was like growing up in his house like i went through my own pain with like my parents divorce and how each of those households were but you know kane's pain was a very different pain and i do feel like there are different levels not to like belittle mine but his was i think much worse than mine right so I like you. yeah i yeah. do think that produces a different uh, result in a person if you're growing up in that sort of like an oh, extreme oh, yeah household. of course
0: Uh, Stage two, family dysfunction prompts repression as a coping mechanism. Dysfunctional families do not acknowledge or confront the problems that exist. As a result, family members learn to repress emotions and disregard their own needs. They become survivors. Mm. They develop behaviors to help deny difficult emotions, which can cause emotional detachment and an inability to trust. Mm. Wow. Um, Stage three, a codependent person may have difficulty building their own identity. In a codependent familial structure, attention and energy are focused on the family member who is ill or addicted. The codependent person typically sacrifices his or her needs to take care of a person who is sick. Oh, this is starting to make a lot of sense. Um, This can cause a person to place other people's health, welfare, and safety before their own. Lose contact with their own needs, desires, and sense of self. Limit the development of a person's identity and emotional maturity. uh, Codependents have low self-esteem and look for anything outside of themselves to make them feel better. This This can evolve into addictive behavior. Oof. Wow. So basically... Because they felt like growing up, the person with the addiction really had the true issues and problems. All the attention and energy had to go to them. Mm-hmm. Therefore, putting aside their own stuff because, well, if, they're, if, if, they, if, if they feel that they're not in as bad of a position as that person, then they're fine. Yeah. Right. Right. So like pushing away your own needs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, stage four behavioral patterns develop between the person in need and the codependent the benefactor role driven to take care of a loved one who's experiencing difficulty the codependent benefactor begins compulsively caretaking for the relation for example a wife a wife may cover for her alcoholic husband a mother may make excuses for a truant child a father may pull some strings to keep his child from suffering the consequences of delinquent behavior the cycle of dependency develops The benefactor repeatedly rescues the needy individual who is enabled to continue destruction to destructive um, behavior. The reward of being needed. Codependents view themselves as victims and are attached to that same weakness in the love and friendship relationships. The codependent benefactor develops a sense of satisfaction from being needed. Mm. Mm. Oh boy. (laughs) yeah <laughs> oh shit I've d- I've think i think i've i'm understanding this a lot now yeah yeah yeah. Okay. i get i get where i fall into this definitely really yeah.
1: how do you fall into this
0: um i think i'd rather talk about more on patreon to be honest oh, i don't okay. uh some people that listen to this might be hurt if they heard it mm. so yeah definitely we'll talk about it i get on I patreon understand.
1: <laughs> i got you um
0: so would somebody else want to talk about how to treat Sure. Try to treat it.
1: Um, so how to treat codependency. There's individual and group therapy. Codependents rediscover themselves and identify self-defeating behavior patterns. They explore how early childhood issues relate to current destructive behavioral patterns. Um, Number two, there's also experiential groups, uh, Codependence Anonymous, a fellowship of men and women whose common purpose is to develop healthy relationships. And there's a 12-step program for that, which we will list out in a minute. Um, There are four goals for changes in behavior after treatment. So number one, development of personal identity. You nurture your own wants and desires and develop a connection to your inner world. You see yourself as self-reliant, smart, and capable. Uh, Number two, ending the cycles of abusive behavior. So uh, the caretaking and enabling behavior is acknowledged and stopped. Number three, setting clear, firm, and healthy boundaries. You respond rather than react to other people's thoughts and feelings. You recognize that your reaction is your responsibility. You say no and you accept hearing no. Uh, and the number four, development of healthy self-esteem. You tolerate other people's opinions and do not become defensive when you disagree. You adopt a healthy skepticism regarding what others say about you, good or bad, and your self-esteem doesn't rise and fall as a result. Oof! Man. So much information. This yeah. I feel like we need to kind of like stop in between each thing and just like break this down because yeah. this is this is a lot. Um, <sighs> how are either of you feeling about this? I think I'm... St- I, knew, I, I know you said that you have to say things on Yeah, Patreon, no, I would but. say I'm
0: definitely... Like, I think Taylor nailed it. I'm not codependent in romantic relationships, but I can definitely be codependent when it comes to certain familial or maybe even friendships. Yeah, same. Yeah. For sure. So I don't know why I'm able to set boundaries in romantic stuff. Hmm. Maybe it's because I don't feel like I... I don't know. Maybe it's because, like, maybe I've known my family longer. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know. Maybe
0: it's, like, this kind of... Obligatory thing?
1: Yeah. I don't know. That's so
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: I feel like sometimes with the familial codependency, it's like it's been happening for so long yeah. since you were so little that you don't even realize what's happened until you're older. Like, yes. I feel like I might have some sort of codependent relationship with my mom um, because after my dad left, uh, I just think that she, like, my relationship with her was so much more best friend like in addition to being parent child than any of my friends growing up had with their parent like you know i've joked before about that when i wanted to lose my virginity i scheduled it with my mom and everybody's always been like what the fuck like that's so weird (laughs) and it is a little weird like it's kind of funny but also i think there are some maybe boundaries there that were not typical for a parent child sure relationship i'm not sure yeah yeah the other thing, you know, this talks a lot about, like, somebody with an addiction or being in a relationship with somebody with alcoholism. And I know that during those times with kane when, before he got sober, I'm sure that I was exhibiting some codependent behavior by not putting my foot down. I mean, I would – there were times where, like, after uh, he had a bad night of drinking or whatever, I'd be like, okay, well, like, this can't happen again. But then it would happen again, and I would still stay mm-hmm. because I didn't yeah. know how to, like, actually – really set that boundary and i do feel like alcohol was like a third member of our relationship mm. i never felt like you know I, I wasn't ever worried about kane doing other th- like things in the relationship that some people would be like "Ooh, that's a taboo thing but alcohol was the one where i would come home and like go through the trash can and see how many like empty beer bottles were in there and stuff like that like alcohol took on its own entity in our relationship Mm. and obviously our relationship is so different now that he's been sober for almost three years but yeah i I think there was some codependency there um maybe with me trying to just help him on my own yeah and it's so much bigger than i was
0: and Um, it's hard because that happened but then kane also got help yeah and so it's almost like well is codependency always a negative thing is it something that you can ease like that's what's hard is like if uh i'm sure there was boundaries eventually set but like did the boundaries uh did the help become come after the boundaries or was it something else
1: that happened like it feels like that happened at the exact same time and i don't know if that's coincidence or if it just like kind of came together that way but i i had really hit like my final straw with it where i was like i cannot do this anymore and it was at the same time that he he also couldn't do it anymore OK, mm. but there had been many times leading up to that kind of final straw on my end where I'd been like, I can't do this. Like, I think you drink too much. This is this doesn't seem normal to me. And he was still very much fighting that and was like, no, yeah. th- I, you're overreacting. Like this isn't that much. Just turning it all like that. It, I, I was not in the right. Mm. So by the time that I finally was like, I really can't do this anymore. He had actually come to terms with it himself as well which is what it has to be i don't think i've said it before in here i don't think you can push anybody to get sober right uh, i think they have to want to or else it won't stick and fortunately since he was in that place already it has stuck like yeah i'm so proud of him he's been you know solidly sober for almost three years no uh you know no looking back yeah but yeah it's its own thing. yeah so
0: it's interesting it's like well i guess your boundaries could be yep you just remove yourself from the situation and hope that 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 person also sets boundaries for their themselves at one point right but just because you have the clear boundaries for you doesn't mean that they're going to change yeah So it's kind of like i felt like i was
1: having a relationship for two people on my own like Mm -hmm. i was trying to like deal with him and like control him and what he was doing and deal with myself mm-hmm. so that's exhausting and obviously that doesn't last that long that way yeah so yeah that's what How are you think what are you thinking about taylor
2: oh i was just thinking about i guess my own family stuff too i I've, I've felt similar things of like but for me it was more and i've talked about this before but it was more like you know if uh, if i You know disappointed my dad or something he would kind of like shut down on me and then your your whole world kind of revolved around like making sure he was not going to be mad at you or like okay Mm -hmm. and i mean you know this is ancient stuff like my dad's and i have worked on our relationship and it's like very good now um but yeah i think growing up that was kind of the feeling and that was how my mom was too when i was really really young i mean i have memories of you know upsetting her and her like punishing me for it like emotionally Mm -hmm. when I was like you know like five you know like just being very shaming and like guilting and it's funny because I feel like when people treat me that way in relationships I've been on both sides of it when people treat me like um you know they shut down on me and they like withhold I respond to that and that makes me go, I'll do anything, I'll do anything, I'll do anything. Mm -hmm. But then I have also been the person who has been like the punishing person who Mm. is like, you messed up, I'm whatever, you know, you need to beg me to do it back. And then in those relationships, I have really only had one that was like that where the other person was like, you know, always trying to, and I feel terrible about this, but like was always trying to like earn my affection back. And then the minute they were like, look, there's nothing I can do. Like clearly I was like, oh, like, Oh, and then that's when you like swing back the other way. So mm-hmm. it's just like a very unhealthy cycle. Um, that I think I have swung between, you know, in various, uh, romantic relationships for sure. Um, that I don't even think I thought about until just right now, but oh, yeah, yeah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill patio sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing
0: Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for
2: you. I could stay here forever.
0: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
1: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery
0: so it's interesting that this stems from like yeah like learned behavior right and it's like i wonder if it's like are are people codependent if they've had kind of like uh i mean not that that all of our stuff wasn't super healthy but like if they yeah. had a relatively healthy kind of uh, family unit situation do those people grow up susceptible to being codependent or right. is it more people that kind of have
2: witnessed some different behavior and I think yeah. it's trauma. I think trauma is probably what causes it. Right. Or like just, you know, tumultuous, right. Whatever going on. Cause if right. you feel really secure and you're like, no, I know who I am and I, you know, just, I'm pretty sure about this or I'm okay with this and that. Like, yeah, I don't know. But then if you're with somebody who's very, you know, emotional. Yeah it can be easy probably to slip into times of like, okay, how am I going to make sure they're okay? And it's like, there's, where's the line of considering your partner? Cause that is a thing you have to do in a relationship is like, you know, you got to go over your schedules. You got to like communicate about what you're doing. You got to whatever, like, and your expectations, but you, you don't want it to veer into one person again, sacrificing what they need to service the other person Mm -hmm. you know in their like time of distress yeah definitely
0: compromise so much compromise in relationships yeah so some examples of codependency in pop culture love judd apatow's netflix series starring jillian jacobs and paul rust a man and woman begin dating just as the woman realizes she is a sex and alcohol addict did either Uh, of you watch that i I did i hated it i
2: have watched it i really didn't like it
0: it's one of those things where i'm i don't know if i like or don't don't like it but i keep tuning in so i'm like well something's bringing me back here i think Uh, i just i admire how realistic a lot of it is of about like modern dating in a way
2: yeah um, maybe
0: that's why i don't like it
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like ew this is just life
0: yeah i kind of it's <laughs> like oh i'm just like watching what happens in los
1: angeles that's what's so yeah, weird it's, a like, it's just oh, like oh yeah. wow this is like very it's not an escape this
0: hits home very hard
1: <laughs> with certain I never things watch
0: that um crazy heart starring jeff bridges and maggie gyllenhaal an alcoholic singer-songwriter ba- battles with his addiction i haven't seen that um i have not seen that a star is born which i saw have you guys yes. seen oh
2: yeah star yeah. is born is a perfect example wow starring lady gaga and bradley cooper um, oh yeah she's super codependent Ooh. yes like yeah. the
1: making excuses yes. for and just kind of like still dealing with the bad behavior oh yeah. god oh, that movie breaks one. my
2: freaking heart i know i watched uh. three quarters of that the other day because i'm like i can't watch the end oh, that's oh so yeah And they do have a Codependence Anonymous, which I didn't even know. I did not know that either. This was a thing. Uh, 12 steps for Codependence Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over others, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and lives over to the care of a higher power as we understood a higher power. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to a higher power, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have a higher power remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked a higher power to remove our shortcomings. There's a lot of higher power yeah. in 12
1: steps. I don't even think I really it This that. looks,
0: uh, it looks, I don't know if they're all identical, but this is basically identical to Workaholics Anonymous. I'm not yeah. sure what Alcoholics Anonymous is. I'm who. not sure
1: either, but it's, I think they, yeah these are really yeah made a list of persons we'd
2: harmed yeah that is ends to everybody personal inventory prayer spiritual awakening all that
1: yeah yeah
0: Yeah, i feel like uh the 12-step programs that's one thing that they seem to share right or like the 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 steps that you do right i could be wrong i don't know but that's basically what workaholics anonymous is and the higher power could be anything whether you believe in god or the universe or just like even in the book they're like the higher power could just be like the group that you're in for workaholics anonymous it's just like just something Mm -hmm. beyond yourself like not all of the the pressure like kind of taking some pressure off of you a little bit to be in control of everything because that's just not how it works right you know giving yourself a little bit of a break almost Yeah. yeah right like surrendering
1: I know some comedians who are in the Codependence Anonymous groups and are relationship addicts. And mm. I would love to have one on and yeah. talk about it. I think it would be great to have somebody on who is like goes to the meetings and really has come to terms with like, yes, this is what I struggle with through and through mm. um, and, and talk to them about it. Yeah,
0: I would love to know like specific examples of like how how
2: are you a relationship addict? Like, what does that exactly mean? Oh, it means that when you're alone, you feel like your chest is caving in and the world's over.
0: Oh, is uh-huh. that what it is? Uh-huh. That's so what it like, is. Like you need to be with somebody <laughs> to feel like worthy. I don't like, yeah. what is it? Okay. So I mean, that's what it is. By it yourself, validated. You, like by yourself, you don't feel like a whole
2: person or uh, like, you. it's not that complete? you don't feel like you're a whole person. I think it's that you feel like, I mean, for some people, um, I think I should just speak for myself, but for me, times that I've been like, oh, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. is just like, just not wanting to, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's feeling like, okay, if somebody else can put up with me, then I'm worthy of love. But if Uh nobody's here putting up with me, then maybe I'm not. Maybe Mm. that's what it is. Oh, okay. I think, so I think, I think there's a level of self-worth and worthiness you get from romantic relationships that everybody does. But yeah, I think the, the relationship addiction is definitely like, okay, this is what I need to feel. Okay. This is like the validation I need to feel good about myself. And I've, I've definitely been in that place before And I think that's probably a tendency of mine. Um, I mean, I really have not been single much in the last six years. And that's, Mm. you know, uh, every time I'm about to break up with somebody, I have to think, you know, is the reason I don't want to. Like, times when I've known it, like, wasn't right. I'm like, okay, is the reason I don't want to break up because of this person or because i just don't want to be alone or i don't want to feel left
1: or abandoned or rejected right yeah so i think that's a very real fear for a lot of people you know especially if you've been in a relationship for a long time sometimes the thought of being alone is really terrifying yeah you know but i get I, i understand that there is like a different level to that and i think a different percentage of uh how you get your worthiness is assigned to like a relationship for somebody who struggles with codependency um as opposed to like okay well if i can't get the worthiness i need from this relationship i can still find worthiness in other places Mm -hmm. whereas somebody with codependency might be like i need it all from this yeah like this is my sole source of feeling worthy of love you know
2: yeah Uh as opposed
1: to like getting some from family getting some from friends getting some from work or whatever right Um,
0: yeah it makes me think of like i don't know if you guys you know have have examples of this almost like when two people start dating or they're together it's almost like yeah one person loses their identity into this like other person it's like Mm -hmm. hey you used to do all these things what happened now you only do the things that that person does or mm. wants to do and it's like you kind of forgot about your own yes stuff yeah and maybe you really don't want those things anymore but also maybe you're just wanting to do what this person wants because you don't right i don't know yeah and right? that is,
2: is tough that- that's tough because i've you know i felt like that especially in my most recent relationship i felt like you know uh, there were things that i sacrificed that i was not being asked to sacrifice that i was sacrificing but i was willingly doing it 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 didn't feel like there were times where i was like i mean i would have been off doing this if it weren't for this relationship but even in those moments i was like yeah but i would still rather be tending to this relationship Mm -hmm. Mm. but that's you know coming from a place of like i need to take care of this i feel good about you know, being a great partner. And so anytime I can prove to myself I'm a great partner, that feels better than like going and, you know, doing shows in New York or or whatever it is because there mm-hmm. there is a degree of like when you're in a committed relationship, you're like, okay, well, there here are the things that I am not going to do now because that would damage
1: mm-hmm. my
2: relationship. Like I can't, you know, mm-hmm. go to New York for three months and be in a committed relationship. But if I was single, yeah i can go do that i can go do whatever i want i mean i can't because we have the podcast and this is a committed relationship but (laughs) you know like just those uh the you you have to ask yourself you know are are you giving up what you really want and need to do in a way that's like unhealthy and that like if you did those things your relationship would be fine but you're putting this like emphasis on the fact that it wouldn't you're just imagining that it would ruin it Mm -hmm. or are you you know making choices like okay yeah before i met you i would have moved to this state but now i'm not going to because i want to be with you because i don't think that's necessarily unhealthy that's just a choice you're making yeah but yeah if you're like i don't play tennis anymore because we need to spend every morning together like that kind of thing is not right
0: could somebody be codependent on like being perpetually single where they get scared of commitment or when you know like the people who kind of get nervous when things get a little bit too serious and then they kind of bounce
2: that like goes back to attachment styles i feel like the avoidant attachment style which i think it's all super connected i mean we're all just using different words for the same shit that we're trying to fix about ourselves but um because the codependency thing um the things that that resonate with me about it Um, will also I think apply to having an anxious attachment style Mm. which is one where you are always afraid that everything's gonna fall apart or the person's gonna leave or whatever and if you feel any any cracks you're like okay well then I'm 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 out you know like you yeah which is weird because you 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 just swing between being almost like clingy and then swinging back towards I don't fine, I don't need this. Okay. Because you're just, you're just so anxious all the time and you're trying to have some sense of control over it. Right. And you're like, I'm going to control how good it is. And then if I can't, then I'm going to control that. I'm not here anymore.
0: Right. Okay. So like if somebody got the, the help with codependency, it would more just kind of be like kind of in the middle baseline type of stuff where the, the swinging is not happening. And it's more just like, okay, I'm, I'm aware that I'm feeling this way but like what kind of questions I'm wondering are they asking themselves to kind of like kind of ground them in that moment you know what I mean where it's Mm -hmm. like okay I know that this is what this is what my gut reaction wants to be but like yes how do I stay like right here right you know how do I stay right here and then and then kind of react i'm i would love to have somebody on to talk about
1: yeah it's hard i think that's why to me it's always uh one of those confusing terms of codependency because in any relationship you are dependent on one another like you can't have a relationship an emotional relationship without there being some sort of emotional dependency on one another but what's that line yeah like obviously there is a line that can be crossed where you lose yourself in that relationship Mm -hmm. and you are There can be two codependent people both in the same relationship together who are both losing the rest of their lives being in this relationship, kind of just swallowing up into one thing. Or it can be one person. But there is a line, obviously, where it's like that or some people who just like do not want to get attached at all. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to try and find that that middle ground. But I guess... I guess to me, that's what I'm understanding codependency is, is when it goes past that line of just emotional dependency on the person where it's like, it's a lot and you're sacrificing other parts of your life and your well-being and stuff like that.
0: So yeah, like I'm curious, but like what kind of like the... What kind of exercises does somebody in that mindset do? Like, let's say that they signed up for a painting class that they really want to take and then their partner texts them last minute like, "Hey, I really want to see this movie tonight. Do you want to come?" And they they really want to go to this painting class, oh. but they're afraid yes. that if they don't go to the movie with their partner, that the partner maybe might leave them or they might not seem like a good, you know, mm-hmm. partner or whatever it is and it's like What, what things do they have to tell themselves to be like, no, it's okay that I'm putting what I want to do first and they're not going to leave me just because I don't go to this movie. Like, I'm wondering that kind of, right. What's going through their head and like how, yeah, I would, I would love to know, like, what are the tangible tips to give people when they're in those like situations in that moment? Right. And how does that feel? Like, how does it feel to go and put yourself first in this thing like, are you enjoying the painting class now? Or are you freaking out the whole fucking time? Right, you know, right, it's like, yeah. well, and kind of again,
2: you got to, you got to also think about like, you can't, you can't spin it like, well, I'm not going to be codependent. Um, I want to go and drink until 5am. Right, So yeah, I'm going to yeah. go do that. Like you right, can't do right. that either. You, you have to be able to communicate with your partner and be like, Hey, like, you know, I want to go to, I want to go out drinking with my friends. Like, how do you feel about that? And they're like, okay, I mean, like as long as you're not getting home at four in the morning, like that's fine. And they're like, okay, great. Like, you know, just, I think communication is kind of the key. I mean, it's kind of the key to everything. Yeah. And if you're not communicating, then it's easy to slip into, um, codependent behaviors or practices where you're going, you know, yeah, I'm going to be careful and do what they want or, you know, I'm going to do everything I can. So they don't leave me or whatever it is. Right. Right. Oh, this is a freaking juicy one.
0: It is There's a lot here. There's so a interesting. Lot going on here. Here. So
1: interesting. Well, uh, let us know if you guys liked hearing about this, if you want to hear more, cause we'd really love to have on, um, one of our comedian friends to talk about this. Yeah. And uh, get kind of like a firsthand perspective on, on what it's like.
0: Yeah. Send us like your stories and experiences with this and we'll discuss them on uh, Patreon. If you have any like helpful
1: tips or advice, yeah and um, we'll we'll dish it out on there with whatever you got to say, nice. Do you guys have um, any segments, any defucks or treat selves or anything like that? I do. Your hair is They're... looking quite nice today, Delaney. Oh, I thank will you. Say. Is, yeah. the, is the reddish fading out of it? It just looks clean, I think. And so <laughs> oh, when it's yeah. clean, it looks more blended. I did shower
0: yesterday. I did. <laughs> I, I think you guys are starting to see me more unshowered and unkempt. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, my good shit. Uh, I, went to, um, I went on an anniversary trip with Cam uh, to Sycamore Springs in San Luis. Obispo. It was so freaking awesome. I highly recommend this as a destination for people. Every room gets like their own private hot spring hot tub like on the balcony and it's just like oh my god it's just beautiful there's hiking trails there they have a great restaurant they have like a yoga dome that's there's like free classes for people who are like resort guests um it was it's been one of my favorite trips ever it's just like all my favorite things and then wine tasting is very close you're really close to downtown San Luis Obispo if you want to go out to a nice dinner um so yeah that was like ugh. I did not want to leave. Yeah, I wanted to live there. It's like I wanted to find out how I could maybe work there and live there for time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really liked that place. And then you can also rent hot tubs by the hour Ooh. in the hills. So like if you're not staying overnight, yeah, what they have like you basically kind of walk up all these little all these little natural hot spring tubs are just like in the crevices of this hill, and you kind of like walk not like a hike, but you know, there's stairs. You walk up to find your little nook. Um, It's so, it's so freaking cool. And you can rent them by the hour. Anyway, highly recommend if you're looking for a nice getaway. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car.
2: With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: And then another thing that I didn't really realize until I thought about it, I've been off the birth control pill since April. So, April, what, five months? Yeah. And this is the first time that I have not broken out really bad going off the pill. Usually. What are you on? Nothing. Wait, you got off. I went off the pill. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Five months. I can't keep track of my who is on them and who's not. Okay. Anybody wants to know. Cam's mom is probably listening, so we're using <laughs> uh,
1: condoms, keeping it and, safe. And
0: uh, uh, obviously, condom pull out slash tracking my own. Yeah, situation. Highly um, recommend the Flow app; it's very the good. App, there you
1: go. um
0: But what's interesting is that two other times I've went off the pill in yeah. my lifetime. um One was I was about twenty two. One I was about twenty five. I want to say um by month three like clockwork yes after three months every pore on my face was a raised red bump mm. yes. and both of those times i had to go to the doctor and either get like um you know steroid cream i had steroid cream or i had to take antibiotics or i had to get back on accutane all that stuff yeah so i'm at month five and not only is it like not raised bumps but i'm not really breaking out bad like i um i break out a little bit around my period yeah but most of the time it's like that's so great it's clear and i know people are not gonna like hearing this but the only difference is i'm on a plant-based diet
1: hey so
0: i don't know if there's a connection but i looked and like what am i doing differently
1: interesting and the
0: biggest thing i'm doing differently is that i'm eating differently those other Mm. two times i was not vegan at that time oh yeah i actually i was vegan in the middle of actually going off birth control both those times so i'm just saying you know maybe if you are thinking about coming off the pill maybe if you listen to dr jolene brighton's episode about uh, post-birth control syndrome yeah i'm not trying to convert people i'm just (laughs) saying maybe maybe going plant-based at least for uh the months following getting off the pill might be really beneficial for you it's obviously helping me i think yeah so, yeah that's really i don't cool. know I, th- I just thought that was like a good shit moment yeah. i like oh shit i never broke out around kelsey's wedding which was what i was thinking i thought maybe i would be going yeah. to kelsey's wedding with the worst uh, um acne situation ever and it didn't happen wow yeah
1: yeah i'm sure my skin would be great if i was vegan i'm just like not <laughs> not willing to <laughs> make that sacrifice yeah. but maybe yeah. i don't know i am trying to like incorporate less meat here and there but yeah
0: here's the thing yeah. one thing i want to say about it and people are gonna be mad but i'm just saying <laughs> listen honestly talking about the plant-based stuff and the vegan stuff can be challenging because it's almost like you're in a book club and most people haven't read the book and so there's only so far you can go with the conversation right and so it's like some people just see the title of the book and they're like no thanks that's not for me and it's like but did you read chapter one because chapter one might really help your specific thing right so it's kind of like you don't really know until you look into it and that's all i'm
1: gonna say yeah you don't really know I will say as somebody who I feel like I do know quite a bit now about like the benefits of, I'm not somebody that's like, Oh, I, am not even going to look at that book. Like we run this podcast. Like I know quite a bit now about all this stuff. Right. Right. And for me, just emotionally still not ready to do it yeah, yeah and i yeah. might never yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and so i i represent that person for our listeners if you feel like like, don't get mad i i'm still here i still eat meat it's okay <laughs> oh, like yeah. we're not all like trying to convert all, you it's yeah, okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i had in and out two days ago it's fine i will <laughs> right. continue to eat it i yeah. wanted in and out so
2: bad when we were recording the, uh, the last plant-based oh, yeah. episode yeah but i didn't but um i will say i think it's great that the three of us are all in totally different camps totally on the, the meat and plant-based stuff like totally. Kelsey's very much like yeah no I get it I see it I I would like to keep eating meat Delaney's very like I'm not gonna eat any animal products and I'm like okay I mean I will say I was having those like hormonal breakouts that I have never had those like really deep ones mm-hmm. yeah and it was happening I didn't even think about this but it was happening when I uh ate paleo yeah. Oh um, um, went back on meat. Back on meat. Yeah. And then the last like month and a half or so when I haven't I haven't really eaten much meat at all. And I haven't been I haven't been right. breaking out, out like that.
0: Right, right. No, I'm saying I totally get what you're saying. I think there's a difference between reading the info, hearing about it from people, yeah. and actually seeing stuff firsthand. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like have you seen any of the documentaries yet have you watched the ted talks i have all that you have yeah you've seen earthlings or i haven't seen earthlings but i've seen
1: like quite a few yeah i read um yeah what's the main book that was making people it has the word bitch in it Skinny bitch? skinny bitch oh i read oh, really? i read skinny bitch which that's is that's about veganism oh dude i ate chicken the next day after that part. oh yeah that didn't do shit for me skinny bitch really? is about being vegan skinny bitch really talks in depth about a lot of the horrors of like the meatpacking industry oh. and I, it really it fucked me up for like a day and then i went back so right. i feel like i've i have seen shit that really horrifies me and grosses me out i'm sure that yeah. Earthlings is probably the most graphic one and i haven't seen that yet i think dominion too it was dominion to be, yeah oh dominion sounds horrible but i think from so i'm like you del Where like yeah. when you said that you tried to do the candida cleanse you cried yeah. you like hated not eating those things you loved yeah, yeah yeah so for me i've already had to make such a sacrifice in my life yeah. with food mm-hmm. because of candida i love food so much and yeah. i thought i wanted to be like a chef at one point in my life i really i have a very emotional attachment to food and the right. fact that for over five years now i have not had bread or cheese yeah that's something if you told me 10 years ago i would i would have like thrown a fit yeah yeah, yeah. like I have had to make a lot of sacrifices and there are a lot of foods that I loved so much that I just can never eat again. I can never eat pizza again. I can never have a regular burger again. So meat is the one thing I've still got that like makes me feel like, okay, there's some normalcy here. Sure. And I know, I mean, you've made the ultimate sacrifice. You do, you do eat only, um, vegan plant-based foods, but some of the things that you're able to eat are still things I couldn't eat.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I was like, well, Even if there's soy products and stuff out there, there's alternatives to even the soy products and stuff. Right. So it's almost like, oh, instead of this, there's like this instead, because a lot of people want to stay away from processed stuff right so it's like i had a taco with mashed potatoes
1: in it the other day Do you know what right I mean? it's like oh shit that's a thing yeah. right but yeah, like yeah, when yeah. you get the like you're talking about like how good the beyond burger is oh yeah you, you still have, have that in a yeah. bun which like kind of makes it taste better and more normalized as opposed to a lettuce wrap when right, you have right. the vegan pizza with vegan cheese you're still having it on bread Red. totally i can't totally. have any of that and yeah, so no, for me just you. emotionally i'm like uh i I would like to not eat meat for a lot of ethical reasons, but just like emotionally, I've already had to like take such a hit in my life of things that I can't have anymore. So that's for me, like I think why I hold on to it. I totally get it. And I think a lot of people are worried that if they watch it, they will
0: be emotionally affected. And then they also think, well, I'm going to be emotionally affected and then it's going to be hard to make those changes. I get it. It's almost like when you were saying like, you didn't want to, Look into. You're always scared to look into like the history behind religious stuff because you're afraid of what you're going to find. And it's like, as long as I'm not looking, yes,
2: I don't really have to deal with
0: this. Yeah, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, I told no, dude. I totally get it. It has not been easy. Let me tell you that. As far as the emotional stuff i'm sure there's something i'd love to talk about on a future episode called like basically vegan depression and it's Mm. basically where you feel like the world is terrible and you want to die and that's like it's it's not great and i know that like you can manage it but that is definitely something i'm like oh this is what i've been feeling for six months it's like this weird like fuck i just kind of sometimes want to erase everything and go back to not knowing and not right. being aware of it and right. but i'm glad i am so it's like this weird kind of in between but and if anybody's experienced that i'd love to know like what's ha- they have like vegan depression doctors and stuff or, uh, therapists that specialize uh, in it
1: that's Ooh, so it's a mess
0: so anyway yeah it can be it can be traumatic they it's basically like you can be basically suffering from ptsd if you end up watching some of this stuff and you're reading into it it's yeah like, and it's Ugh. really it's hard but i'm also glad i did but it's hard it's both yeah it's like both yeah for sure anyway that was probably too long of a good good slash deep shit
1: it's okay (laughs) Do you have anything um i i have like a generic good shit i guess um kane and i are doing more shows on the road together and uh i think we have like six weekends booked together already for next year and we just did um a weekend in san diego together and i just have to say like it's been It's honestly been like one of the greatest perks ever. And I think sometimes people are like, oh, pros and cons of being married to a comedian. And there was a period of time in our relationship where like the cons kind of felt like they were outweighing the pros. Mm. Um, When I was touring with Jim, uh, I was gone so much and it just felt like things in our relationship were very out of balance. And that was a time where I was like, shit, both doing the same thing and both wanting the same dreams feels really hard right now and feels really painful. And fortunately we've gotten to a place where now I can bring him on the road with me more and more. And it's just, it's really amazing. Cause I was in, I think I was in like a really dark place for some of uh, like when I would be on the road by myself and be away from Kane and now to get to like have him with me and Um, Do these shows that feel they feel really special because he goes up and does like his relationship material and the crowd doesn't know that like he's married to me. And so he talks he talks about like how I'm like a feng shui witch and like all this stuff and basically like (laughs) shits on me for part of it. And then I go up, and like one of the first things I say is, like, so I just, I also just got married, uh, like, to the angry bald guy who was just up here. And everybody's like, oh my God. And then I get to talk shit about him. And it's been really fun. (laughs) That's so romantic. (laughs) I know. That's like our love language. Um, But we've had so many people come up to us after these shows recently and be like, this is so cool. I've never seen a show like this where it's a couple and it's like your guys' perspectives on each other like in these fights and stuff like that um and also i mean saying like really sweet things about each other too but uh it's it's just been really cool and i feel glad that we were able to like weather the storm of it not being so great for us to both be comics in a relationship for us now to be like really enjoying the benefits of getting to be together and both be comics so
0: that's so cool that's my good shit that's fun thanks Thanks. keep doing more of that thanks yeah man that's a nice way to make that the lifestyle more sustainable, I think.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I still have, you know, a handful of like colleges and stuff like that where I do have to go by myself. And I'm not looking forward to that because it's like, again, ignorance is bliss. I've almost been yeah. like spoiled now to have him with me. And oh, yeah. Boy, it just, it makes even just like, a 6 a.m. flight so much better to have that person sitting next to you that you can just look at each other and be like this fucking sucks huh yeah. you know because like i can't do that to the whatever person's asleep next to me I don't you wanna... could you i do have to wake them up <laughs> yeah hey that's all listen hey that shit i need to complain hey about. this is bad right
2: where are you going <laughs> what's your job <laughs> what's your deal it'd be hard to because if you tried to complain to anybody else they'd be like oh yeah it's hard i gotta travel for real estate or whatever other shitty thing they gotta do and you're like, like, right. Oh, I tell jokes yeah and say whatever I want. And they're like, okay, I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. Uh, we off. are not the same person. Yeah. How dare you compare our struggles? <laughs> That's the hardest thing about being a comic is like, you always just want to complain about how hard it is. And everybody's like, um, I have to go to an office. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe shut the fuck up. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I was talking to somebody about that the other day about they had talked to some, like, a very successful comedian who had made a comment about, like, you know somebody who was married with kids and like had a stable job going like man they really haven't made and you're just like oh my god like if that's how you feel being right. so successful right? god how are what we are gonna we feel <laughs> yeah what are we doing what am I striving for <laughs> right right oh god yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's you know it's
1: the grass is always greener for sure for yeah sure. It's trying to have that balance but yeah anyway it's it's been nice yeah so.
2: grass is always greener unless you are being unethically farmed <laughs> in which case okay, let's bring it all back oh man
0: you guys i never thought i'd be this person let me just tell you that right now if you go back to episode one when i was addicted to bagels and cream cheese oh and yeah and you know oh my god i have become very annoying
1: you're not you're
2: really not truly i mean i feel
0: annoyed with myself because i don't want to be talking about it
1: you're just a very passionate person yeah yeah you're like that with everything yeah yeah. if there's something that's new in your life that you're passionate (laughs) about you're like everybody stop what they're doing (laughs) yeah i have an announcement i'm gonna tell you everything i know about it (laughs) <laughs> and you just need to hear every word yeah uh, exactly that's
0: the thing it's like the way i feel about being a vegan now is like how i feel about minimalism and decluttering yeah. and also
1: doing what you love and it's yeah. like oh I, yeah religion exhaust oh. Myself. if <laughs> you were religious you'd be oh, a missionary oh yeah
0: God god you're I, the
1: person on the box on the vegas strip with oh a megaphone god.
0: i don't even want to hang out with myself you guys like, <laughs> i get it it's freaking exhausting being in my brain it's i know exhausting yeah but you're not annoying <laughs> uh, or pushy about it you well, really you are. guys are very nice i mean you still hang out with me but we, you guys you're also not have judge you.
1: you're, you're not, not judgy like, you at me, all if you're making us no. feel like shitty about it i'd yeah. be like okay yeah yeah but yeah. you don't you never do
0: no i'm just like oh man Yeah, it's just a lot. I'm a lot.
1: I'm a
2: lot. We're all a lot. That's why we're doing this podcast. (laughs) I'm a lot. We're so much. You know, like
0: in my head, I'm a lot, and then I can come off very like, oh, she seems relatively relaxed. Like, no, look (laughs) in here. It's (laughs) so much is happening in here that I can't speak for very long in a conversation because so (laughs) much is
2: happening. (laughs) I'm just impressed by your ability to keep it inside your head. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. It's because I don't even know how to verbalize it half the time. Oh, I just, think I know how to verbalize it. Where do I start?
0: <laughs> where do I start? Yeah. Uh, Poor Cam. Oh Poor Cam. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Hey, Tay, do you about- have any segments you want to talk uh, about?
2: Uh, I don't think so. Um, it's okay. Yeah. I'll I I,
1: pass. I, I to- oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah, not right now. We're uh (laughs) you look cute. Thank you so much. Adorable. I'm really cute. You got a cute outfit. Thank you. Your hairstyle. I'm trying to uh you look
1: striking. I saw you and I was like, Oh man, so
2: much. Yeah. Yeah. When you're in emotion like God, trying to lose 10 pounds when you're happy is like so hard. And then the minute you're (laughs) sad, you're like, Oh, this is like easy. Like (laughs) it's falling (gasps) off me. Yeah, when did I eat? Twenty hours ago? It's time for bed again. (laughs) (laughs) You know? which is a nice fun vacation oh oh, thank god for comedy um yeah i mean i'm doing spots in town this weekend i already talked about this uh canceling stuff but it's i think i'm just right now trying to figure out uh the balance of you know what we're always trying to do is taking time for yourself and also doing what you need to get done and making time for what's important but also making time for nothing because you need nothing to yeah regroup so Uh, you know
1: it's very tough
0: you gotta schedule your nothing dude yeah i've learned it's like oh i'll do nothing at some point this weekend and then if
2: it's not on my calendar i don't do it right and knowing when doing nothing is bad for you because i think that's the case as well sometimes Mm -hmm. where you're like oh i can't yeah sometimes you gotta take action yes absolutely Um, all right
1: let's do some Plugs. Today is Kane's birthday, everybody. So oh, go tell Kane, happy birthday. Um, nice. I'm going to be headlining the University of Evansville in Indiana this Friday. And then next week, I'm all I'm here in L.A. a bunch. I'll be headlining the rec room down in Huntington Beach. So go to KelseyCook.com uh, for tour dates. There's a bunch of stuff coming up. All right. I
2: am at the Funny Bone in Cincinnati, Ohio, the 22nd through the 25th. And I am at the Brea Improv, the thirtieth through September first uh, in Southern California, and then I am at the San Francisco Punchline, September fourth through seventh, uh, and Ice House in Pasadena. So, oh, that's a, that's a that's like three weekends that are all in California. That's nice. Um, the thirteenth and fourteenth of September, and I'm at uh, that's great Cabo and Del Mar. On the 15th. Sweet. And then I've been totally
0: forgetting to shout out uh, some of my clients. So I just want to give you guys a few shout outs. Um, Go follow uh, one of my clients, Courtney. Courtney at they call me spindles she is an incredible fine Ooh. artist she makes murals and installations and gallery pieces and hand painted wedding invitations oh my god oh my i'm gosh, seriously that's so nice. dude i'm blown away by her talent it's unreal wow. and then go follow jess at jesse goes pop she makes these yes. incredible pop oh. art portraits she made one for me kelsey and taylor you can mm-hmm. see on like our instagram and stuff it's hanging in my home i get so many compliments on it and then another one of my clients uh, recently got a book published. I can't take any credit. This was already in the, in the in process the before we started working together. But um, he, um, it's called Cliffs and Challenges. A Young Woman Explores Yosemite. The author, Laura White Brunner, was actually the second woman to climb Yosemite's Half Dome. That giant rock oh, formation. Wow. And she wasn't allowed to hike in pants because they didn't make women's hiking gear back then. So she would <gasps> pin her dress between her her knees for rock climbing. What? And would often hike barefoot. And she climbed Half Dome, uh the part which when she did, the park administration found out and created a hiking route known as the cables on Half Dome. I don't know if anybody's been there, but that's where it's from. Uh, because they were afraid other women would try to hike and get hurt. And so that route or the route is is uh, one of America's most iconic hikes and the first ever sexist trail. Um, Wow. Anyway, so she wrote the memoir in 1940, tried for 30 years to get it published. Her daughter tried for over 20 before giving it over to the National Park Archives, uh, where my client Jared found it four years ago and ended up getting the book published. And um, it's basically just a really great, uh, funny, poignant memoir, Um, And if anybody's interested in national park history, women in the environment, all that stuff, and all of the money goes to her family, Jared, my client does not get any money from it. So he just took it upon himself to get this badass woman's memoir published that he found. And I think that's, that's so freaking cool. cool. So Jared, that's awesome. go celebrate. Don't just move on to the next project like we talk about. So
1: take a moment. <laughs> yeah. Celebrate the moment. All right. Nice. And please take a second. Give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It helps us helps us move up the charts, and we really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.
0: Bye. Love Bye. you guys. You guys, we love you so much. Thank you for supporting Self Helpless. You can follow us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at Self Helpless Podcast. And you can visit selfhelplesspodcast.com for all things Self Helpless. Learn about Patreon and how to sign up. Our merch is there. Information about our Facebook group and how to join. All the episodes you can listen to are on there, a little bit about the show. Our individual sites are linked there and our contact information, email and P.O. box if you want to send us some love letters. And you can follow us individually as well. I am at Delaney Fisher on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and DelaneyFisher.com where you can watch my docu-comedy special Love at First Cousin for free. And then DickSpyDelaney.com
1: if you want to buy some dick mugs. Sweet. I'm at Kelsey Cook Comedy on Instagram, at Kelsey Cook on Twitter, kelseycook.com for all tour dates and merch. And my album, Savor It, is still available to buy on iTunes. And you can watch Wrists of Fury, my foosball web series that has an episode of Taylor and Delaney uh, on the All Things Comedy YouTube channel.
2: And I am at Taylor Tomlinson on Twitter and Instagram, and ttomcomedy.com for my Netflix special and all live tour dates. Sweet.
1: Yeah. We love you guys so much. Yeah. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> <laughs>